Hey, Marie, how's it going? Yeah, I'm going good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing great. I had the giggles right before we started recording. <laughs> That's because we've been talking for an hour and a half and we, we, we haven't hit record yet. <laughs> Keep going. Let's hit record. Let's hit record. We say this every time, but we really need to just hit record at the beginning. And there's so much great stuff we're talking yeah. about. But yeah, so what's, uh, what's been going on this week with Llama Life? I saw you were posting about like messing with your the two buttons that you had like 50 variations of oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, what's going on in that world? The last couple of weeks, we've been doing a lot of, I guess, internal improvements, like looking at SEO and analytics. But for the customer, there hasn't been like a lot of outward changes. So I wanted to just go back and look at our backlog and figure out like, are there some kind of small wins, like little improvements we could make that I could do quickly. There's just been a lot of customer requests for this particular thing that you're talking about. This week I pushed out two, I guess, feature improvements. They're not new features, but they're more just improvements. One of them was just like adding a couple of buttons, but it sounds simple, but then I started trying to design these buttons and there were eight different variations <laughs> and right. it's got to fit with the overall feel of the app. And with Llama Life, a lot of it is about the feeling you get when you use the app. So the UI and the UX is super important. I actually spend the most time on design. So the coding was super quick, like just add some buttons, add some event handlers, and it was super easy from a coding perspective, but just design, that's the whole thing with Llama Life. It's all design. Design is part of the unique proposition of it. So yeah, we did that. That, that was good. It kind of satisfied my building kind of itch, you know, I like building stuff. <laughs> Nice. Cool. Well, for me, I, I last week I talked about how I was kind of rushing with the getting the book ready to launch or not ready to launch, but to get to my editor for like line editing and stuff like that. And happy to uh, report that I did get it in on time. Actually, it was due on Monday and I sent it on Sunday night. I kind of got to a point where it was just like, I'm stressing about what I could edit, but I think I just need to hit send and then be done because I think I'm at that point. And so I did, and which felt really great. So it feels like it's at the point now where I I feel like I could release it and it would be a good book. And then my editor is just going to help make it better. Mm -hmm. um, but huge moment for me to feel like it's at that point. And yeah, so that's that was earlier this week. And then I've just been sort of thinking a lot. Like I'm sort of trying to shift my mind to marketing. Like what is marketing going to look like? I still don't know when I'll be able to release it, but all the kind of production stuff, like what is that going to look like? So I'm sort of shifting my mindset with the book to focus on that. And I'm reading through books. There's a book on like the Blueprint launch, books like that, that by by Tim Grawl. I can't mm -hmm. remember the exact name, but something Blueprint with your book. And that was super helpful. And yeah, so I'm kind of doing that mindset shift right now. And it feels really nice because I've been working on the book for, I don't even know, like two years, it seems like now. And so it's like, finally feeling like, oh, it's done. And I can maybe even if I get the the itch to write, I can work on possible second book, mm -hmm. like whatever that's going to be. And it feels like I'm in a really good yeah. spot. So that's, that's pretty nice. That's the best feeling. Because I think since we started this pod, the book has been one of the many projects you, you've been working on, in addition to your full-time job. So yeah, it feels like <laughs> a pretty milestone moment that you've submitted it. It feels great. It was very just I hit send on the email and I was like, <sighs> that really I can relax this week because I, I feel like even just all the time there's like kind of on the back burner in my brain there's this like oh I should be working on the book today like all the time yeah, yeah. and I didn't consistently work on it every single day so it was just like this constant guilt layer that was like sort of in the background 
And this week felt great because it was like, I can't even I can't even work on the book this week because it's with my editor. Like that yep. feels amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know that feeling. It just takes up space in your brain. Like for me, well, there's a few things that do that. One is like just accounting stuff. Like I sort of know there's certain things I need to do for accounting. Like just knowing that I need to submit my taxes is kind of, oh, yeah. it just takes up space and it it's like a nagging. It's always there and you procrastinate on it and that's one thing. The other thing that takes up space for me right now is just like emails. Oh my gosh, I am so behind on my emails. <laughs> when I started this year, I think I got to inbox zero and I'm not like a big inbox zero proponent or anything, but yeah. I got to inbox zero and I was like, oh, I feel really good. I feel like it's under control, but it just has spiraled out of control again because I guess it's a good problem to have, but we get a lot of emails from Llama Life customers and whenever we, you know, it kind of spikes sometimes. Like if I was on a podcast this week, Women in ADHD podcast, which must have hit like a really good note because we got a lot of people emailing saying, hey, I heard you on the podcast. And then they kind of tell me their story, their diagnosis story with ADHD. And I want to reply and I, I will reply, but I have a massive backlog and Sometimes when I open an email and it's a big wall of text, I just open it, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I can't reply now and I close it. <laughs> right. But then it takes up space in my head because every time I check my emails, I'm like, oh, I need to reply to that person. Yeah, email is brutal because I, similarly like you and I, I think both probably get a lot of emails from people that we don't know. So it's like a brand new person mm, with an yeah. email and like for you, obviously, you want to pay attention to it because it's like related with Llama Life and it's like a customer and they probably like a lot of times have helpful feedback and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. helpful feedback. I get a lot of, you know, people that are emailing me asking me like questions with ADHD and stuff like that. And I get some of those too where I get like a wall of like someone's like life story and it's like, "Oh, I w- I wish I had the time to like be part of this conversation." But I get so many of those. And then I do the same thing where I feel bad. I'm like, I don't want to just like ignore this person that took the time to write this email and like wants to hear my perspective on it. Like that's kind of my whole thing is like trying to help people with this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's so, yeah, it's so overwhelming because there's enough of it. And then, yeah, when it's a wall of text, like I don't even know what to do. I just recently posted, I got an email from somebody that kind of reached out. And some of these I get, so like a lot of them are people that are just like, hey, I have ADHD and I have these questions and things Mm -hmm. like that. And those are the ones I definitely like, I want to respond to and I want to help those people and see where I either direct them to something like sometimes I, I have like an, a podcast episode from the other podcast. I, I do ADHD nerds and that's that's always really helpful when I can be like, hey, we covered it in this episode. Yep. That's a great place to find out more about like ADHD burnout. That episode I point people to a lot and things like that. But sometimes I also get like business related emails and those are opportunities that are yeah. like sometimes it'll be someone that's like, hey, we'd love to partner with you. And it's a great, great fit. And then I'm like, I, because I have, you know, I have a full-time job, so I can't just like, it would be a full-time job just managing all of these like potential partnerships and stuff. Yeah. I saw you got a spammy, uh, well, was it a spammy email? You posted about this on Twitter, right? Something like a cold email came in and. Yeah. So I got this email from someone, someone I've never heard of them before. And the email, like it starts by saying some like, hey, I think your book's going to be great. Really excited for you to release the book and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay cool. What else are they saying? And then it kind of turns and it's like, Hey, do you have any upsells planned on your book? Because blah, 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 blah. Hey, I can help you out with that. Do you want me to help you out with that? Mm -hmm. But in a very kind of like, 
I think they're trying to pitch me something. Like that's yeah, what I yeah, felt yeah. like. Ugh. Like this is them trying to pitch their services or whatever it is. So I got that just a couple days ago and I was like, I I'm not a hundred percent sure that they're doing that. That like they might just be someone that really does just honestly want to help out and they're trying to be mm-hmm. positive and encouraging. So I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, I'm probably gonna respond to that like this weekend. And like you said, like I have a million emails and they just like build up this like little guilt signals in my brain of like, I wanna respond to this and I wanna respond to that. Then they emailed me today, just like two days later. And again, I don't know this person at all. I haven't even replied to them yet. So I've literally never said anything to them. And in their second email, they said, tell me the honest truth. Are you ghosting me right now? Oh no. And I'm like, how can I ghost you? We've never talked. Like the whole ghosting is like talking and then ignoring them or whatever. And so I just like immediately is like, Marcus spam. Well, so it's been two days. Yeah, it's been two days. I don't respond to anyone in two days. Like it takes a while before I usually can respond to people. Like my editor, I I take more than two days to respond to him a lot of the time. And I deeply care about what he has to say about (laughs) things. So yeah, I was pretty frustrated to get that. I see a lot of that attitude just on Twitter and stuff. People are like Mm. being kind of like in your face. Mm. but trying to do that with like hitting like a hundred people and just being kind of rude and in their face about it, hoping that one or two people like it clicks and then you can follow up with whatever your business is or whatever. And I just really hate that that has become a lot of strategy out there that just like that brashness. I imagine they do it because it works to some level, but man, it is such a turn up. Like I just don't You mean in the comments? I just mean like, I see this a lot in emails and I see people tweeting this way too, of just sort of being like kind of rude and brash on purpose because like it, like people that are on their side kind of lean into that. Yeah. I see this too. Sort of, if you post something that's very opinionated Mm -hmm. and maybe slightly controversial or against the mainstream, they're the tweets that really take off and I don't really post stuff like that. So I try and just post stuff that is what I'm doing. Like mine are more just factually like, hey, I'm doing this. Or right, if I learn yeah. something, I might post that and then other people can take what they want from that. I try not to be um, prescriptive either because I think something that works for me might not work for someone else. So mm-hmm. I see a lot of people going like giving advice and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll give advice if you ask me something really specific, but I'll kind of try and frame it in terms of, this is what worked for Llama Life, but it might not work for someone else because there's always more context to a decision that's made or Mm -hmm. what you've done. And if your business is not the same and also just factoring in luck, like sometimes it's just luck, (laughs) it might not work. So I just try and post what I'm doing, but I do see people giving heaps of advice and then maybe taking a really hard stance on something and they're the tweets that kind of take off. Yeah. And actually recently... A lot of my friends on Twitter have said their impressions have gone way down on Twitter. So I see a lot of people saying, oh, should I get Twitter blue? Because like, will that help with my impressions? And (laughs) I I can say like, for me anyway, like I got Twitter blue recently and it's done nothing for my impressions. Mm -hmm. It still seems really, yeah, I don't, I have not seen an uptick. I don't think that makes a difference at the moment. I don't know. What's your, what's your experience been? So I actually, before the whole, you know, back in November, the Elon Musk takeover and the change to Twitter blue, there was verification, which gave you the the blue signal. And then there was, was it called Twitter blue back then? I can't even remember. It was just uh, verified. Well, there was verification and then there was, there was the paid thing. It started at $3 a month and then I turned turned to $5 a month. I can't even remember if that was called Twitter Blue back then. I think it was. Okay. I think it was still called Twitter Blue, but it wasn't connected at all 
with verification that was totally separate. Mm. So when the change happened, where like now Twitter Blue came with the verified badge, I was already actually a Blue subscriber because I signed up when it was $2.99 a month and it gave you like some weird little, like it let you rearrange the icons in the app, oh, yeah, which is yeah. silly, but I love that feature. I do And it well. also let you, <laughs> it's silly, but I like, I don't care about spaces. And so I don't want the icon down there. There's other things I care about more. That was the first one I replaced. It's just like, yeah. get rid of that. I've never hit that in my life. <laughs> well, I hit it once <laughs> right. and then I was like, I don't want to see this button again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's that. And then the other thing is it lets you do like the undo tweets. So when you send a tweet, it does like a 30 second or not, mm -hmm. not that long. I don't remember how long it is, but it shows the tweet for a second and then you can hit unsend um, while it like counts down. A lot of and people I, hate that. Yeah, I actually, I, I really like it because I, yeah. I get to see like my tweet kind of formatted a little bit. And then I also, because I re repurpose all of my tweets and I post them on Instagram, I use that to get the screenshot because it's a really clean screenshot mm -hmm, and then I can mm -hmm. just crop it. And then yep. I put it through uh, X snapper or snapper. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, yeah, but with an X in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> just, just snapper. Yeah. But I go, I do that for all my Instagram. So that's really nice. So for me, but it, it, it was only $3 a month. And then, so like speaking of like the impressions and engagement, I saw a huge change in November. So I don't know what happened when Elon Musk, because that was like right when he stepped in or whatever, you know, when he carried the sink in and that whole uh, that whole show <laughs> for the. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the sink. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the what I can't remember. What's the joke with the sink? Oh, j let that sink in. That's, that's oh, what was it, it? I thought yeah. it was something around like uh, everything but the kitchen sink. I, I don't know. I guess I didn't get the joke. I th I think what do you think idea, it was? It was um, I think it was like, like Elon Musk is now CEO of Twitter. Let, let that, that sink, sink in. in. But oh. then he walked in with the sink. Like I think there's like I've seen that joke oh. on like Reddit and stuff before. Okay. Yeah, I see you cringing at it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, when that happened, like almost immediately I saw a huge drop in engagement. And I don't know what, like I don't know if that was actual changes happening in the code or if that was like people like at that point, a lot of people were moving over to Mastodon and things like that. Right. But I actually have, so I have my, I pulled up my analytics because we were talking about this a little before the show. And so I know my numbers are going to be like way inflated to what a lot of people have. Um, so, you know, I have 120 something thousand followers. So like these numbers are going to be way higher, but relative, yep. you can see the yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah. And Just so like, speaking. so if I look at my Twitter analytics in September, I had 46 million impressions, which is Whoa. crazy. And then I had even more in October. So in October, I had 59 million impressions. Wow. And so like almost almost 60 million. Yep. And then immediately November hits and I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still tweeting the same, same sort format. of stuff I do. Yeah, same format. Changed. I didn't change up anything on my end. And so it dropped in November. So it dropped from that 59 million to yep. 18 million. So it cut what? in like a third in one month. And your format, just so people know, is even more consistent than – I would say yours is like very, very consistent because your basically your tweets are about your experience with ADHD and they, right. they tend to be sort of fairly short. You know, they're kind of quirky. Um, they're, yeah. they're smart. I like them a lot. But I think that is that means it's very, very consistent, whereas a lot of people like – say even mine, like I'm building stuff, so sometimes it could be about – it could be alternating between a meme and like what I'm building or retweeting someone, but yours is super, super consistent. So for you to say it's gone from 59 to what was it? 18. 
Yeah, so it dropped from 59 to 18. And then the next month, in December, it dropped again and cut in half. In December, it was 8.9. What? So it was like... Oh, my gosh. Huge, relative to my previous numbers of the year, huge drop. And I was seeing that in in my engagement as well. Like The kind of tweets that I would normally do that I would be like you get into a rhythm where you kind of know like, oh, this is going to do this well. And yeah, it's like yeah. that. And so the kind of tweets that I would kind of reliably see like, oh, this will have like 8,000 likes and then maybe do even more. Those would get like less than a thousand. It would just be, it was just this huge. So that was in December off. though. Like what about now? That was November, so it, December, it right? did go up a tiny bit from December. So December was 8.9. Mm-hmm. And then in January, I was back to 15 million and February is 14 million, but still nowhere near the like the 60 that I was seeing. 60, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. March, it's down again to five. So five? it dropped. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had Twitter blue the whole time. So I don't think that has anything to do with it at all. Okay. So this is probably the best example I've heard. The most sort of uh, consistent analytical kind of example over time with blue, without blue, whatever. But before Elon, after Elon, this feels like a really good example because mine I don't really have these numbers to back it up mine's more anecdotal like I just kind of feel like it's gone down a bit but Mm -hmm. yours is a really clear story yeah because the numbers are at at like a scale where it's like I can see the consistency yeah and so the drop was so drastic and I've talked with some other people that are also like kind of in that same range that I am and I've heard the same thing oh that's so useful that's so useful to have that sort of just to know that because that is that's a that's a drastic Almost 60 million to five at the lowest point, right? Million. 5.4 is what it is this month, which gr- granted this month's not over. There's still another week. So that might sure. go up to like seven or something. I don't yeah. Know. But still, it's such a big difference. It's like 10%. Someone was joking on Twitter. It's like for impressions, like if username does not equal Elon return false. <laughs> <laughs> and I that, like, I mean, really on one hand, that's, that's, that's a funny joke. And on the other hand, that literally happened. Yeah, was that yeah, like the Super Bowl weekend, I think? That's what I heard. Well, we don't, okay, well, it's all hearsay, but like, that's what I heard too. He was saying to an engineer, how come my, my own impressions have gone down? And they were saying they, you know, people joking, they tweaked. Yeah, there's a really great article about that from a platformer, uh, which yeah, is yeah, like a newsletter. Casey they, yeah, Casey Newton. It, it was a really good breakdown of that whole thing. Um, which is it's so we can link we can link to that that. yeah oh man okay so it sounds like impressions are down here's my takeaway from what you just said impressions are down engagement also way down and engagement and part of like kind of getting back to blue doesn't make a difference blue i i I see no difference with that because i saw these huge drop and i've had blue the whole time but the other thing we were talking kind of at the beginning, like both with the email and with Twitter being like, it feels like engagement is being pushed towards, because the big change that happened with Twitter also pushing the for you page instead of who you're following. Oh, I really don't like the for you page. Same. Do you know what? I saw someone get shot on my for you page. I'm like, oh what gosh. is this content? Like, uh, it was like graphic. And like, oh, that's I'm like, terrible. I'm like, what's going on? And so obviously I muted that straight away. But I was just like, why am I seeing this extreme? It was basically extreme content. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what I was saying with the, like the email and what we were originally talking about is like like people that are pushing buttons on purpose and the algorithm is rewarding them and putting them on the for you page. I've noticed in myself, like anytime I'm like on Twitter and I'm getting mad about something, because like sometimes you see something and it starts to like rile you up a little bit. 
every single time that's happened, I look up and I'm like, it put me on the For You page again. Yeah, because it didn't used to open on that page. Yeah, it used to be you could switch it to latest yeah. tweets and it would stay there. But now it defaults back to For God, You. And me nuts. I'm yeah. the same because I was scrolling like, oh, who is this guy? Like, I'll be like some random person on my feed. They're not related to anyone. I'm like, who is this? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on the For You tab. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I've done on, on Twitter web? I've, I basically have – so now I have lists and I have a list of – I have different lists and, you know, like the, the people I'm sort of closest to or like really good friends with, I have a list just for them. And I bookmarked that list in my browser like bar. So when, oh. I, when I open Twitter, it always opens on that list. And then I can nice. navigate to other lists or go to home or whatever. But when I first open it, it's, it's always on that list. But when right. I open it on my phone, then I can't control it. It's on for you like half the time. Yeah. Oh, it's I feel like it's almost <laughs> turning into a TikTok kind of algorithm where they, your tweet gets posted and then if it doesn't do well in the first like 100 impressions or something, it probably gets deprioritized a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's my hunch. And then also the content obviously being like very, very extreme one way or the other, which I'm not, I'm never going to change. Like I'm, I'm just posting my stuff. I don't really, I'm not going to change to fit that algorithm. I just yeah. want to post my stuff. And if people like it, they can follow. If they don't, then that's all right as well. Cause for me, it's sort of a, I don't know. It's sort of cathartic for me to post on Twitter. I kind of just, I do it for myself as well. Like I like posting stuff and sometimes I want to post more than others. And sometimes I don't want to post <laughs> at all. And right. it's okay. I just, it's for me, it's just as much for me, like just a therapeutic thing to post and share what, what's going on. Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that for me too. Obviously, like, you know, I'm kind of more of a content creator. And so there is mm-hmm. some consideration for things like algorithm or whatever. But I'm similar, like, I'm not going to make stuff controversial just to hope that it gets on the For You page or something. Like, that is not what my content is about. Like, I'm trying to help people, like, understand their ADHD better or be able to laugh about it or just Mm -hmm. feel validated. I think that's what a lot of what the content I do does for people with ADHD is like seeing it and like, oh, I thought I was the only one that felt this way or experienced it that way and that sort of thing. But it does make me really thankful that I've had a newsletter for the past couple of years because like that isn't affected by like I don't have to worry about because even if like which he joked about, like even if Elon Musk went and bought Substack, I can take all my, like, I can take my email list and I can move yeah. back to convert yeah, or move somewhere else. And so I'm not like subject to someone else's like algorithm to be able to kind of reach the audience, the community that way. Yeah, that's uh, true. Which is, makes me really thankful because I, because Twitter's definitely, I've thought of it as kind of my main platform for most of the time that I've been creating content. And I think that's shifted this year as like all the changes have happened. Yeah. You know, the other thing you could do, I can't remember if we – I think you and I have talked about this, but I can't remember if we talked about it on the pod. But you can go into Twitter's settings and download all your, your own content. There's like a backup, a save. Yeah, we did talk about that on the pod because I remember I did it immediately after we stopped recording yeah. and downloaded the backup. And then what happens is if you open that backup, you basically get a view of Twitter. It's like but it's solo just Twitter. Your, solo Twitter, yeah. It's just your <laughs> – uh, like it's sort of like you looking at your own profile – yeah. At solo, but you have all the posts and the comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, do you have comments? Can't remember about comments. You definitely have all the posts. 
because that's yours. Yeah, I definitely did that because, I don't know, it feels less likely. It feels less likely that Twitter is just going to go away now, but I still, yeah, the direction I... of it freaks me out. I don't have faith in the direction right now. And so that's definitely another reason why I'm kind of doubling down more on the newsletter through Substack right now, just like Twitter. Diversify. And it's, it's yeah, and it's hard because like I, I love Twitter. I've been using Twitter. Oh, I love it as well. For like... I don't know, 16 years or something, I think. And it's it's sad to see how quickly it's like kind of changed and feels like it's lost its way. <laughs> I just want Elon Musk to go by the uh, poll that he said he would go and let someone else be a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, those kind of impulsive late night polls. Which those impulsive late night tweets, I think that's how he ended up getting with Twitter in the first place. I think he tweeted it as a, as a joke or some late night thought of like, maybe I should buy Twitter mm. and then got kind of stuck. But anyway. What was the, the other thing he was going to buy? He um he tweeted something recently. Or was it SVB? He was like, I'm going to oh, I'll be knows? open to yeah, it or probably. something. I'm like, oh, my gosh, just <laughs> stop tweeting on the toilet, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the problem kind of, again, kind of going back to the like – the problem is any sort of crazy thing like that, like, oh, I don't want to say crazy, but any, any sort of out there thing right there that he tweets, a bunch of people like jump in there and like it and retweet it and comment, this is the best idea ever, you should do this. And so it just like, uh, it's the whole like, I don't know, it feels like you've seen probably articles that talk about like the death of social media. And I don't know, that feels a little overblown, but there is sort of this thing of like, too many people are getting encouragement for the wrong things. And it sort of spirals yeah. out of control a little bit. And that does make me less interested in social media long term, which is a bummer because I've mm -hmm. met so like we met through that and I've met so many other people and so many great opportunities and things have come from that. And I'm just sort of like a little worried about the future there, which is sort of it feels like things are changing rapidly and I don't know kind of where that goes. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sort of like rambling about it right now, but I'm I just want things back how they used to be. It was great. <laughs> I actually feel like my Twitter was more I probably enjoyed Twitter when I had less followers. I mean, I don't have that many compared to you. My I probably have I mean, it's a decent amount. So I think there's 12,000 was the last time I checked. 12 just a bit over 12,000, but I think I enjoyed Twitter more when I had like less than 5,000 because I feel like the the interactions were different. It's kind of odd. Like I've had a few interactions recently where like I followed someone and then they wrote back like, I don't know, like it was something like dream come true or like I'm a fan mm. or something. And I was like, oh, that's so weird <laughs> yeah. because I don't, I don't really think that's been happening more lately that, that they say, oh, I'm a fan. I'm like, oh, that's so weird for me though, because I don't feel like that. Like I don't, I'm just following you because yeah, you got I like your content or I want to see your journey, mm. but they're sort of treating it like I'm on a pedestal. I'm like oh, that's so odd. I feel so weird about yeah. it. But sub five thousand followers, I didn't get any of that, and it was just more like hey, just have a chat, you know, just normal conversations. Now the conversations are a bit weirder. Right. Yeah, I could to totally relate with that. I have sort of like a kind of a split view on that because like. On one hand, super thankful that I have a lot of followers, like having like the influence and having like the connection and all that is great, especially like for me with like, like my whole thing is like trying to help people with ADHD feel understood and, you know, learn more about ADHD and all that. So like it helps like that mission side of things for me, like it's doing like the work that I love to do of helping people out. 
like the way that I was helped out when I was first learned about this stuff. Um, but on the other hand, it's, yeah, it's totally changed my ability to just like tweet whatever. Uh, Cause like I used to be able to just like post anything kind of on Twitter and not have to think about it. And now I do have to think about it. Like, is this going to, I don't know, like I, I don't want to dilute my message or something by tweeting too much about other stuff. There's just kind of more context I have to consider and yeah, because when I was kind of in that 5,000 to 10,000 range, like that did sort of feel like a sweet spot and that I felt like I could still fully just be myself on there, mm -hmm. but also have like the benefit of like people, like you ask a question and there's going to be people that respond, which is a great benefit of having followers on Twitter of like, oh, you have, you can get feedback on things really easily. Yeah, yeah. And it's that, that stuff's really great. But also you can't respond to everyone. But then you feel really bad that you didn't. And it's like, well, I just can't. Like, there's no time. I could spend all day mm -hmm. responding. I mean, that, that that is one nice thing with the size I have now because I almost feel like some of my yeah, tweets are just to like, yeah, it's it's it, it feels more like a community and more like I'm just like starting a topic. Yeah, so yeah, I'll tweet everyone. about a thing yeah, yeah. and then people sort of jump in and start commenting. And then I, I don't feel the pressure to comment to everybody because other people are commenting with each other. And yeah. so it feels like it, like it's almost like I'm starting the icebreaker and then I'm just sort of like stepping back while the rest of the people continue having conversations and stuff, which is great because that's like the whole like having ADHD, like it's so much of it is a lonely experience. So it feels great to sort of like mm -hmm. help uh, engage people in that conversation together. And that's kind of what I feel the role is now, but it's definitely changed my yeah, Twitter yeah. experience because of that. I feel like I'm in a, so I'm in like an in-between spot. So I'm in the spot where people are asking for advice and I, I'm really reluctant to give it because like I said at the beginning, I feel like you've only got so much space on Twitter and the context is completely missing half the time. Yeah. And, and the context is missing from my answer, but also their question. Cause I don't know, like the question's always like a one liner. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It depends. Like, Basically, in my head, it's always like, oh, it depends, it depends. <laughs> right. But, but one thing that's interesting with Twitter Blue is that it allows you to post more than 280 in a single post. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, that's like, what a waste. Like, what good does that do? But it actually does do good for comments. Mm. So I don't think it really helps like when you're trying to do one single post, like a new post, because if you do a post and then you follow up that post with another post, it actually bumps up your original post. So it kind of acts like a retweet. And it can be nice to kind of chunk it down a bit. But when you're doing a comment, like if you're replying to somebody, I think it can be nice to have a bit more than 280. So I did a comment this week on something and yeah, I went way over the 280, but I'm like, oh, this is good because I can give more context and it's not split across multiple tweets. Mm -hmm. So I actually did, I did see a use case for, um, you know, the additional length. Yeah, I, I've seen that as well with specifically comments and like mm. being able to kind of like, kind of like what you said, they become more specific. And mm -hmm. so like a comment thread, like doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, like you want to be able to have kind of just like one reply. One, and exactly. so I, I can see where it does sort of make sense there a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I guess it'll be interesting. The last I heard was that Elon was going to open up the, the algorithm code base, which should be, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but that should be interesting. That's going to happen soon-ish, right? That, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on record and say, I don't <laughs> think that's happening ever. Uh, that feels that feels like one of those Elonisms. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Tesla. And so I've seen like the Elonisms for several years now where there's a big promise of something that sounds good and then it never happens. So I don't know, it'll be interesting. If that happens, I feel like it's just going to open up 
people to trying to gamify it because then they're going to know exactly how they can cheat the system mm. if it's out there. But I don't. I just. I kind of don't think that's ever ever going to happen. So who knows? Although I think he's putting it out there so they can improve it. So even if you do figure it out and try and cheat the system, it's probably going to change again because that's the intention of putting it out. But we'll see. We'll see when it never happens. When, when it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Well, there, that's probably a good time uh, to wrap up. That's again. I, I don't know if we got to everything we were planning to talk about today, but um, <laughs> we never do. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was a good conversation. It was fun. To, yeah, yeah. I think I've been yeah. thinking about a lot of that for the last kind of few months, and so it was good to kind of go into it uh, specifically, kind of the Twitter algorithm stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also I just see in the last week uh, a lot of my friends on Twitter have been talking about impressions going down. Yeah. And a lot of people have been considering getting blue to fix quote unquote, fix that problem. But I think we've kind of, I think we've established that it doesn't help. And I've seen a lot of people who have blue commenting on those tweets going, it doesn't help. Yeah. And I just, I love your example though, because it had like some hard numbers behind it. And like you said, you've got enough impressions to be able to say, well, that's statistically, that, that would be significant. That's a big, big jump. And that's based off a very large base of impressions. Interesting stuff. I guess watch this space and I guess we'll see what happens uh, if and when the algorithm gets released. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. We'll see you next week. Okay, cool. See you then.